ओपि जानवल्ला गिरवारे नारी हे गोपि जानवल्ला गिरवारे नारी यशोदानंदना ब्रजजन रंजना यशोदानंदना ब्रजजन रंजना यमुना तीरा वनचारी यमुना तीरा वनचारी जय राधा माधवा कुंज विहारी जय श्री कृष्णा चैतन्या प्रभु नित्यनंदा श्री अद्वैता गदाधार श्रीवासादिगौर भक्तवृंदा जय श्री कृष्णा चैतन्या प्रभु नित्यनंदा श्री अद्वैता गदाधार श्रीवासादिगौर भक्तवृंदा जय श्री कृष्णा चैतन्या प्रभु नित्यनंदा श्री अद्वैता गदाधार श्रीवासादिगौर भक्तवृंदा
हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे रामा राम राम हरे 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 कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे रामा राम राम हरे 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 कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 रामा हरे रामा राम रामा हरे 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 कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 रामा हरे रामा राम रामा हरे 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 कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे 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 कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे हरे Jaya Prabhupada, 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 Srila Prabhupada. Jaya, Jaya Prabhupada, 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 Jaya, Jaya Prabhupada.
जय विष्णुपाद परम हम सपरिवर्जक आचार्य अस्तु तरसता श्री श्री मधीश डिवाइन ग्रेस ऐसी भक्ति वेदांत स्वामी श्रीला प्रभुपाद की श्री श्री गौर नित्याय की श्री श्री राधा वल्लभ की श्री श्री जगन्नाथ बलदेव सुधरमाई की अनंत कोटि वैष्णव वृंद की मित गौर प्रमानंदे ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय Hare Krishna. So today we are reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, Kento number 7, chapter number 1, text number 9. So 7.1.9. And Prabhupada has written a very long purport, which we will also discuss in detail. Jyotir Adir Ivabhati Sanghatana Vivichyate Vidanti Atmanam Atmastham Mathitva Kavayontatha Jyotir Adir Ivabhati संघतान नविविच्यते विदंते आत्मानम् आत्मास्थम् मथित्वा कवयोन्तथा ज्योतिरादिरिवा भाति संघतान नविविच्यते विदंते आत्मानम् आत्मास्थम् Jyotiradirivabhati Sanghatanna vivichyate Vidante atmanam atmastham Matitvakavayontatha Jyotiradirivabhati Vingatana vivichyate Vidante atmanam atmastham Matitvakavayontatha Jyotiradirivabhati Sanghatana vivichyate Vidante atmanam atmastham Matitva kavayontatha Jyotiradirivabhati 
संघातान्नाच्यते विदंते आत्मनमस्थम मतिवा कवयोन्तथा सो ट्रांसलेशन इन फोपोट बाशुला प्रभुपाध्या एन द सिनोनिम्स अस्पल इट्स लिटल ओकोट फॉर मी टू बी स्पीकिंग इन फ्रंट ऑफ टू very senior devotees and <laughs> you can only understand my situation <laughs> so mother ji you know with your blessings uh, i'm happy for you to speak as well or oh, i'm happy to continue as a service to you and to shri prabhupad and for the pleasure of the lordship but please correct me if i say something wrong and please add if you so desire uh, jyoti fire adhi and other elements eva just as abhati apiya sanghatat from the bodies of demigods and others na not vivichyate are distinguished vidanti passive atmanam the super soul atmastham situated in the heart Mathitva, by discerning. Kavayaha, expert thinkers. Ananta, within. Okay, there's a lot of pages with uh, Prabhupada's beautiful pictures. Then comes the translations after 20 pages or 10 pages. Translation and purport by Srila Prabhupada. Srila Prabhupada ki? The O and it's a long translation as well. So let's break it down, yeah? The all-pervading personality of Godhead exists within the heart of every living being and an expert thinker can perceive how he present there to a large or small extent just as one can understand the supply of fire in wood the water in a water pot and the sky within a pot one can understand whether the living entity is a demon or a demigod by understanding that living entity's devotional performances A thoughtful man can understand how much a person is favored by the supreme personality of the by the supreme lord by seeing his actions i will break down the translation as well in a minute yeah now the purport goes over three pages and of course we're going to read that uh, and we will also break down as we go uh, and that pretty much might just take us to the end of my scheduled time but propa this poured his blood in this purport so of course we gonna enjoy the nectar ya om agyanati mirandhasya gyananjana shalakaya chakshurin militam yena tasme shri guruve nama namam vishnu padaya krishna prasthaya bhutale shrimate bhakti vedanta swami niti namine namaste saraswate deve gauravani pracharine निर्विशेषून्यवादी पाश्चात्यादेशिणे जय श्रीकृष्णचैतन प्रभूनंद श्रीयद्वैता गदाधरा श्रीवाशदी गौरभक्तवृंद हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 रामा हरे रामा राम रामा हरे हरे so uh, before we start with the purport the theme for today and for that matter actually the theme for entire canto 7 is to answer the question 
whether the Lord is partial or impartial. Hmm? Is he partial towards his devotees and impartial towards the demigods or is he more neutral? Hmm? And that is the subject matter for Kanto 7. And so far we are on chapter 1 only, text number 9, so it is building up to that case. So we will, we will look at that aspect of whether the Lord is partial or impartial from maybe three different angles. One, we will quickly recap what has happened at the conclusion of Canto 6 and at the beginning of Canto 7 now for the first chapter. That's probably one angle, that's a short angle. And another angle is we will also look at what Prabhupada writes in his purport. And of course, Canto 7 is famous for Narasimha Dev's pastime with Prahlad Maharaj. And that pastime is also quoted by Narad Muni uh, to, uh, to Sukhya Goswami to answer the question about the Lord is partial or impartial. Yeah? So in Sanskrit, as we say, if anything is repeated three times, <laughs> then it becomes more emphatic. You know? So we will also see it from three times. And if you, if you, we all understand whether the Lord is partial or not partial already. So this is more, you know, Krishna Katha, Vaishnava Katha, just to infuse more bhakti to us on this, uh, on this day of holiday when we have got a lot of time. So we'll, we'll go through that. So let's read the purport and then see what Prabhupada has to say. Please uh, listen attentively because I might also ask you to chip in what you think is Prabhupada trying to say. Purport by purport, we'll break it down, yeah? Because otherwise, if I just read all that in one short three pages, uh, some of us might just doze off <laughs> because it's long. Let's go. In the Bhag Prabhupada writes, in the Bhagavad Gita 1041, the Lord says, Yad, 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 vibhutimat sattvam shrimat urjim evava tattad eva gachatvam mam tejo amsha sambhavan. Knowing that all beautiful, glorious, and mighty creations, I'm actually going to read from my handout because I'm getting old. And it's difficult to see the font actually in the Bhagavatam now. My glasses are not compatible with that small letters. Knowing that all beautiful, glorious and mighty creations spring from but a spark of my splendor, we have the practical experience of seeing that one person is able to do very wonderful things, whereas another cannot do those same things and cannot even do things that require only a little common sense. Therefore, how much a devotee has been favored by the Supreme Personality of Godhead can be tested by the activities of the devotee, by the activities the devotee has performed. In Bhagavad Gita 10.10, .10, the Lord says, Tesham satata yuktanam bhajatam priti purvakam dadami buddhi yogam tam yena mam upayanti te. So, so far, I'll pause there, Prabhupada has written that we can see that Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita that everything that is splendorous is just a spark of his splendor. So in other words, whenever we see something that is glorious and splendorous and splendid and beautiful and magnificent, we can understand that that is Krishna's prowess behind that wonderful things. Now, notwithstanding that, Krishna also, we also see, Prabhupada writes, that you know, there are some people who are very splendorous and the others are not. Now, what is the reason for the differentiation? And Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, Prabhupada said just now, is that the Lord is saying that I give people the intelligence and the powers and everything else and the beauty and the fame. So then, if the Lord gives everybody these attributes, then why is there differentiation again? 
because if you look at it, it may actually seem like that the Lord is partial. Because if the Lord is not impartial, and we are all children of God, then we should be all same. So why are there differences? That is the question that Prabhupada himself is posing in the first paragraph. Of course, he will answer that as well, yeah, as we go. Prabhupada writes, To those who are constantly devoted and who worship me with love, I give the understanding by which, taking, by which they can come to me. This is very practical. A teacher, Prabhupada now gives an example. A teacher instructs the students if the student is capable of taking more and more instructions. Otherwise, in spite of being instructed by the teacher, the student cannot make strides in his understanding. This has nothing to do with partiality. When Krishna says, Tesam satata yukta nam bhajatam priti purvakam dadami buddhi yogam tam, this indicates that Krishna is prepared to give bhakti yoga to everyone. But one must be capable of receiving it. That is the secret. Thus, when a person exhibits wonderful devotional activities, a thoughtful man understands that Krishna has been more favorable to his devotee. You want to chip in? If what you captured? Anybody? Any volunteers? Just what did you capture? No, I keep going. Hmm? So Prabhupada now he explains that you know he gave the example of a teacher in a classroom and there is 30 students sitting. The teacher is equally disposed towards all the students. But some students take the instructions of the teacher more, uh, in a more receptive way, whereas the others don't. This is not the fault of the teacher. This is just that the students have got different capabilities to receive and implement those instructions and those learnings. So then Prabhupada is trying to say that the instructions of the Lord are documented in the Bhagavad Gita. And that Bhagavad Gita is available to everyone and therefore everyone can become a devotee. But some people take the Bhagavad Gita and understand it and implement it and become devotees, whereas the others perhaps don't even understand the teachings of Bhagavad Gita, what to speak of implementing it. And then there are yet others who misunderstand the teachings of Bhagavad Gita altogether and do things that are completely on the opposite, such as Reading the same Bhagavad Gita, people conclude that Krishna is impersonal. Whereas no, devotees reading the same Bhagavad Gita conclude that Krishna is our beloved supreme personality of God and he is a person. So like that. So the capability of his students are different, but the teacher is neutral towards all his students. Then Prabhupada writes, This is not difficult to understand, but envious persons who do not accept that Krishna has bestowed his favor upon a particular devotee in accordance with his advanced position. Such foolish persons become envious and try to minimize an advanced devotee's activities. That is not Vaishnavism. A Vaishnava should appreciate the service rendered by the Lord, rendered to the Lord by other Vaishnavas. Therefore, a Vaishnava is described in Srimad Bhagavatam as Nirmatsara. Vaishnavas are never envious of other Vaishnavas or anyone else and therefore they are called Nirmatsaranam Satam. So Prabhupada says that when people see that actually devotee exhibits better qualities and maybe more joy as well compared to the non-devotees and compared to let's say the junior devotees, they take it that the differentiation is due to Krishna's 
participation in devotee's life and to some uh, to a large extent actually that is correct and we'll see it how it all reconciles at the end but what also happens is a negative consequence is when we see some senior devotees and we do have two in our assembly today when we have senior devotees you know and when they exhibit devotional qualities rather than being appreciative of their you know devotional character and qualities and happiness actually sometimes people become envious to say that why this devotee plays mirdanga so nicely and i can't why does this devotee lectures so nicely and i can't why does this devotee you know uh, dances so nicely and i can't why is this devotee so famous and has got so much of followers when i don't now that is an uh, that is a symptom of being envious towards the other devotee whereas what a devotee should be is nirmatsara nam satam we should be non envious so seeing the other's qualities we may become envious rather than being appreciative just now a thought comes to mind i was reading another thought and let's see if i can get it right you know what it said is rather than being envious of others good qualities we should be competitive to emulate their to emulate their qualities in other words you know when we see somebody who has got more and advanced and higher qualities than us devotional qualities then what we should do is actually compete with them that is fine but competition in the mood of trying to be as good as them so that we can please the lord more and more hmm? so this is not a material competition this is a spiritual competition to become better and better ourselves so we see as in a devotee we see ourselves we see the gap and we try to bridge it hmm? by becoming more advanced ourselves and there is joy to both the person who is advancing and also to the person who is advanced and i think a lot of us probably all of us have this experience yeah when we cultivate a, a devotee and when he goes you no know, beyond us in terms of his krishna consciousness it actually honestly genuinely gives joy to the heart this does not happen in the material world <laughs> in the office for example you know if a junior goes ahead of somebody else senior it actually the senior doesn't like it it's called stabbing in the back a lot of times you know people want the juniors to be always advancing but as long as they are junior to them but in bhakti yoga is completely different it gives tremendous joy to the heart when somebody else goes above and beyond you, you no know, it's a literally genuine feeling so rather than uh, so there is a symptom of a true vaishnava who is happy to see others progress but if we are getting the feeling that why is this devotee getting higher than us then that means we are actually not the real vaishnavas you know prabhupada says we should be nirmatsara nam satam next paragraph trust me there is still more paragraphs to come <laughs> this prabhupada's nectar as bhagavad gita informs us one can understand how one is saturated with sattva guna rajoguna and tamoguna in the examples given here with fire represents the modes of goodness one can understand the constitution of a container of wood petrol or other inflammable substances by the quantity of the fire similarly water represents rajoguna the mode of passion a small skin and the vast atlantic ocean <coughs> excuse me both contain water and by the sea, and by seeing the quantity of water in a container one can understand the size of the container the sky represents the mode of ignorance the sky is present in a small earthen pot and also 
in outer space. Thus, by proper judgment, one can see who is Devata or demigod and who is an Asura, Yaksha, Yaksha or Rakshasa according to the quantities of Sattva Guna, Rajoguna and Thamoguna. One cannot judge whether a person one cannot judge whether a person is a devata and a sura or rakshasa by seeing him, but a sane man can understand this by the activities of su such a person performs. A general description is given in the Padma Puran Vishnu, Bhakta, Ismrito, Deva, Asuras, Tad, Viparayaha. A devotee of the Lord Vishnu is a demigod. A devotee of the Lord Vishnu is a demigod, whereas an asura or yaksha, or yaksha is just the opposite. An asura is not a devotee of the Lord Vishnu. Instead of his sense gratification, he is a devotee of the demigods. Instead, for his sense gratification, he is a devotee of the demigods, bhutas, pretas, and so on. Thus, one can judge who is a devata, who is a rakshasa, and who is a asura by how they conduct their activities. So, long paragraph there, Prabhupada explains just, just as hmm, we can see just by the size and the dimension of the fire and perhaps sometimes the size of the fire as well, we can know the quality and the quantity of the wood, the, the inflammable that is being burnt. So for example, you know, if you burn few logs and versus the whole bush fire, the size of the fire is different. So just by seeing the, the size of the flame from a far distance, we can perceive that it is a bush fire. Hmm? But if somebody is just burning some woods in the, in the backyard, then there is a small fire. So by the visibility of the size of the fire, we can know what is the quantity of the wood that is being consumed. Similarly, just by looking at the quantity of the water, we can know the quantity of the container. When you look at the, the Atlantic Ocean, Prabhupada says, you know there is lots of water there. Just by looking at the water, you know that the thing that is containing that water, which is the ocean itself, is large. Whereas the water that is in the pores of Hawaii skin, we know that the pores will be very small, so on and so forth. And then Prabhupada gave the third energy of the sky. Hmm? Just by looking at the sky, you know that there is, the size of the sky is big compared to the, to the amount of air that may be in my you know, little thermos here. There is very small amount of air compared to the air in the room. So just by looking at the, the things outside, you can know what it is inside. Similarly, just by looking at the quality of a person, now this is the key thing, yeah, and then this will relate a couple of times to today's lecture. Just by looking at the quality of the person, you can know whether he's a devotee or a not a devotee. And also, you can know whether he's situated in the mode of goodness, in the mode of passion, or in the mode of ignorance. And keep this in mind, and then Prabhupada will elaborate, that by looking at the quality of the person, you can know whether he's situated in goodness, passion, or ignorance. Prabhupada continues, the word Atmanam in this verse means Paramatmanam. The Paramatma or Super Soul is situated in the core of everyone's heart, Ananta. This is confirmed in Bhagavad Gita 18.61, Ishwara Sarva Bhutanam Hirdeshu Arjuna Tistati. The Ishwara, the Supreme Personality of God, being situated in everyone's heart, gives directions to everyone in terms of one's capabilities in taking the instructions. I'll repeat that sentence, yeah? The Ishwara, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, being situated in everyone's heart, gives direction to everyone. But in terms of one's capabilities in taking the instructions, which example comes to mind that Prabhupada wrote earlier in the purport. 
when you read this, when you hear this? Which example Prabhupada gave at the beginning of the purport? That is synonyms to this. The teacher, remember? The teacher in the classroom has got many students. The, the teacher is neutral, but it is the capability of the student that determines whether he receives the instructions to whatever quantity and quantity. So similarly, Prabhupada writes that the, the Krishna is Paramatma is residing in our heart, in everyone's heart. And he is giving the instructions equally to everybody, but to the proportion in which the person can receive it. No? A devotee is directed by Krishna fully. A pure devotee is directed by Krishna fully, whereas someone else is you know, to that particular proportion. Prabhupada continues, the instructions, actually I read that, the instructions of Bhagavad Gita are open to everyone, but some people understand them properly, whereas others understand them so improperly that they cannot even believe in the existence of Krishna, although reading Krishna book, Krishna's book. Although the Bhagavad Gita says Sri Bhagavan Uvacha, indicating that Krishna spoke, they cannot understand Krishna. This is due to their misfortune or in incapability which is caused by rajoguna and tamoguna the modes of passion and ignorance it is because of these modes that they cannot even understand krishna whereas an advanced devotee like arjuna understands him and glorifies him saying param Brahma, param dhamma parvitram param bhavan you are the supreme brahman the supreme abode and supreme purifier krishna is open to everyone but one needs to the capability to understand him Prabhupada continues, by external features one cannot understand who is favoured by Krishna and who is not. According to one's attitude, Krishna becomes one's direct advisor or Krishna becomes unknown. This is not Krishna's partiality. It is his response to one's ability to understand him. According to one's receptiveness, whether one is a devata, ashura, yaksha or rakshasa, Krishna's quality is proportionately exhibited. This proportionate exhibition of Krishna's power is misunderstood by less intelligent men to be Krishna's partiality, but actually it is no such thing. Krishna is equal to everyone, and according to one's ability to receive the favor of Krishna, one advances in Krishna consciousness. So what Prabhupada has written so far, that when we see the differentiation in people's qualities, we again mistake it as Krishna is partial. Why is he, why is he favoring this particular devotee? and not favouring that particular demon. And Prabhupada says that is nothing to do with Krishna's partiality, it is to do with the capability of the jiva, the, the embodied jiva, to be receptive to Krishna's message. Prabhupada continues to give another example. Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur gives a practical example in this connection. In the sky, they are, last example, okay? In the sky, there are many luminaries. At night, even in darkness, the moon is extremely brilliant and can be directly perceived. The sun is also extremely brilliant. When covered by clouds, however, these luminaries are not distinctly visible. Similarly, the more one advances in Sattvaguna, the more his brilliance is exhibited by devotional service. But the more one is covered by Rajoguna and Tamaguna, the less visible his brilliance, for he is covered by these qualities. The visibility of one's qualities does not depend on the partiality of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. It is due to the various coverings in different proportions. 
Thus one can understand how far he has advanced in terms of Sattva Guna and how much he is covered by Rajo Guna and Tamo Guna. So in the last paragraph, Prabhupada explained that there are many you know, luminaries in the sky and the big ones of course as much as we know uh, that is visible to us is the sun and the moon. Now the sun and the moon are all very brilliant but time to time they are not visible to us because they are being covered by the clouds. So the visibility to us in terms of the brilliance of the sun and the moon depends on how much they are or not covered, they are and are not covered by the clouds. So similarly, we, the pure soul that we are, are actually all very brilliant because we are also small, small Sachidananda. So we are all very brilliant. But the exhibition of that brilliance that we are to the other person is dependent on how much we are covered. So just as the sun can be covered by the clouds and not be very brilliantly exhibiting, similarly our brilliance as pure souls may not be visible because we are time to time covered by the three gunas or at least the two gunas, you know, Rajogun and Tamogun and to some extent Satogun as well, you know, all the Satogun is much more conducive, you know, and Piva Sattva is of course the best. So we are covered. So when we, so then short, long story short, the differentiation that we see in different, different persons is because it is to do with how much they are covered by the three modes of material nature. And it has got nothing to do with Krishna's partiality because Krishna is open and available and accessible to every one of us. He is there waiting for us. But if we cover ourselves by the three modes of material nature, then neither our brilliance nor Krishna's brilliance is visible to us. And we mistake to those that are accessing Krishna's brilliance as being the Lord is being partial to them. Okay? So that was Prabhupada's long, long purpose. Explaining that point in so many different different angles. So now, no, I'll probably speak for another ten minutes, and then you know we'll take some questions. But the but the theme of the day is still the same: is the Lord partial or is the Lord impartial? So if you are not convinced whether the Lord is partial or impartial from now, let's just see. You know, if some more stories help us understand it. Now, as I said, Canto Seven is about answering this question about partiality. So at the end of Canto Six, what happened? Uh, we see that uh, Hirinaksha and Hirinakashipu, who are none other than Jay and Vijay, as we also know, you know, they have been uh, annihilated by the Lord, hmm, as Lord Vara for Hirinaga, Hirinaksha and by Lord uh, Narshimadev, you know, uh, killing Hirinakashipu. So when this happens, you know, uh, their mother, who was Diti, right? Yeah? She, yeah, Diti, I think. So she was, of course, aggrieved to see that this has happened to their children and what also, to the two children, and what also happened is that uh, the, the, the killing of the two demons was instigated by Lord Indra. He was quite uh, instrumental in persuading the Lord and, you know, and praying to him because he's a demigod, so the Lord you know, comes to protect the demigods in killing the demons. So when this is there, this situation is there, Maharaj Parikshit asks a question, that given that the Lord seems to have favored the devotees hmm, and killed the demons, does this, does, this, does, does this mean that the Lord is partial and favorable towards the devotees and unfavorable towards the demons? 
Now, this is also interesting, Prabhupada explains here at the beginning of Canto 7, that Maharaj Parikshit already knows the answer to this question. But as devotees relish Krishna Katha, they don't mind no, extracting the same nectar again and again and again. No? It is joyful to devotee to hear Krishna Katha again and again, even if they know the answer. This is one of our, uh, let's say personally speaking, no, a problem that I have. No? Uh, being in Krishna consciousness for so long, we tend to you know, need to believe that we know enough answers to be a devotee. Of course, you know, none of us know all the answers and everything. But I think, you know, reading Prabhupada's books for so many years, you kind of know that you know enough. Uh, to be a good devotee. And then a lot of times when the lecture is going on, it's like, what question should I ask? <laughs> it's like, if I ask this question, I know the answer. So why should I ask? You know, like, can I think, and I struggle to think of a good question that for which I, you know, that for which I might get, you know, like an answer that is, like, you know, enriching Krishna consciousness. But here, uh, you know, when reading this, I learned a lot from Maharaj Parikshit. You know? He's a pure devotee of the Lord and he knows everything. But it's, and, and same same quality also Vidura exhibits, you know, in most of Canto 3 and Canto 4, Srimad Bhagavatam. When he's questioning uh, frequently to uh, Maitriya Muni, Prabhupada continuously reminds us that, you know, uh, and even Maitriya Muni acknowledges that, oh Vidura, you know the answers to these questions. But you are so glorious because it is not the answer that is most important, you know, it is hearing from a fever devotee about Krishna Katha that is enriching, no, and that is devotional service in, in itself, no, hearing and chanting and kirtan is devotional service. So, uh, if you have a similar problem to me, then, you know, this is probably one value add to say, you know, you should always ask questions, even if we don't, even if we kind of know somewhat, some part of the answers. And never know, you know, it is said also um, that uh, when we speak, we are only repeating what we know. When we speak, we are only repeating what we know. But when we hear and ask, we may learn something new. Isn't that true? <laughs> when we speak, we only know, we are only saying what we know because we can't speak on what we don't know. But when we hear and ask, we might learn something new. So even if we think that we know the answer, if we ask, we might get another answer altogether. That could be, you know, magical, you know, to boost our Krishna consciousness spontaneously. So. Bhagavatam and Bhagavad Gita, as you know, is a book of pretty much question and answers. No, there's continuous questions and answers. So anyway, so Maharaj Parikshit put forth this question to say, the fact that Indra instigated all this, and that led to the annihilation of the demons, and the Lord protected the devotees in the form of Indra and others, does this mean that the Lord is partial towards the devotees? Hmm? And then uh, Sukhdev Goswami starts answering to say, first of all, and this is the first nine verses of Chapter one, chapter 1 of Canto 7 so far, yeah? So let's see what Sukhdeva Goswami has to say. We saw what Prabhupada said. Let's just you know, corroborate that with uh, Sukhdeva Goswami said. He says that first of all, understand that the Lord is Nirguna. Hmm? Nirguna means what? He does not have any material qualities. Now remember I said to see if you can register the point that Prabhupada wrote in the purport that the differentiation in the qualities of a person is also due to the fact of how much he is covered by the modes of material natures. Yeah, mode of material nature. So we are all brilliant by our constitutional position. We are all pure devotees. But we are covered by the different modes, just as the sun is brilliant and is covered by the cloud. Prabhupada made those two points. So here, Sudhya Goswami uh, is saying the same thing, of course, that the, uh, that the Lord is Nirguna. So first point first, that the Lord is not under the subjugation of the three modes of material nature. The Lord is above that. 
So therefore, there is no differentiation in the Lord. The Lord is always Satchitananda, you know, eternal, full of knowledge and bliss. So he doesn't change. We can, but he doesn't change. He is fixed. He is nirguna. Then he says, Sukhda Goswami also repeats the same thing, that the fact that we see that the people are different is because they are controlled by the three gunas. So there is now an incompatibility situation. Yeah? The Lord is nirguna and the living entities are covered by the three gunas, those who are not pure devotees. So there is an incompatibility. So when we are covered by the three gunas, our own brilliance is covered, first of all. Secondly, the Lord's reciprocation that is coming to us is blocked to some extent or the other. And to those who are receiving the Lord's benedictions and blessings full-heartedly, we may become envious to see why they are better than us in both fields, in devotional field as well as in material field. If somebody is more brilliant than us, we may become jealous and envious and even that can perpetuate our devotional thinking that why is that person better. But that has got nothing to do with that person, neither with the Lord. It is more to do with us because we are blocking the Lord's mercy. And then he said, and then Sukhda Goswami makes this point to say that the devotees and demons also flourish at different times. Now, this was pretty interesting, you know. We know the devotees in the form of demigods for now, yeah? We are talking about the demigod devotees. The demigods flourish. But we also know from our scriptures that time to time the demons also flourish, especially in this age. Now, today in Kali Yuga, there are you know, demons and let's say, maybe don't call them demons, maybe those who are not devotees. <laughs> now, they are flourishing, you know, to big scale. They are celebrities, they are all over the newspaper, the politicians. Even the politicians became very famous during COVID days. <laughs> during the COVID days, nobody knew who is the sports person, who is the superstar, who is, you know, Lionel Messi in World Cup. People didn't know, like we, it was at the back banner in our mind. But what was in the forefront were all the politicians, you know, the, the premier. Everybody knew the premier of every state in Australia because they were the ones who were coming on the news every day. You know, it became Daniel Andrews' show every single day. And we would just wait at what, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock in the morning for him to come and deliver the speech that the number of coronavirus cases in Melbourne was one day it was zero, then it was 20, then it was 200, then 2,000, then 10,000, and we lost control, I think, after some time. So in any case, they became very popular, you know. So, you know, the, 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 the non-devotees also flourish. And why is that? It is because of the influence of the three modes of material nature. So when the mode of goodness is prominent, the devotees and the demigods flourish, Prabhupada writes. Uh, Sukhda Goswami explains. And when the mode of passion and ignorance is prominent, then the demons flourish. So the fact, and Sukhda Goswami has not concluded, but concluded, let's say, for this section up till text number nine, is that the fact that the demons also flourish makes it clear to us that the Lord is not impartial. The Lord is equal to everybody. So it depends on what mode we want to situate us in. No, if we situate ourselves in goodness and be demigods and devotees, we will be blessed by the Lord more and more. So at the end of the day, Sukhda Goswami concludes that the Lord is neutral, impartial and equal. These were the exact words that I extracted from his, trans, uh, from his, uh, from his translation. Yeah? That the Lord is neutral, impartial and equal to everyone. But, there is a but, there is always a but in life. Yeah? But, 
the Lord is more favorably inclined towards his devotees. Just as the teacher is more favorably inclined towards the good students. Correct? Those who are good students and receptive to the instructions of the teacher, the teacher is naturally more inclined towards that student. But that does not mean the teacher is not available for the other students. It's just that the other students do not want themselves to be you know, instructed by the teacher. So it is not the teacher's fault. It is the student's fault or benevolence. So similarly, the Lord is neutral and impartial, but he is favorably inclined towards his devotees. Why? He is favorably inclined his devotees in reciprocation to their devotion. And that's the most important word for the day. No? The Lord is in one or another partial nor impartial. So to answer today's theme question, is the Lord partial or impartial? Actually, the Lord is neither partial nor impartial. He is reciprocal. Reciprocal to the level of our surrender to Him. That's why Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, Ye yatha maam prapadyante tam sataiva bhajameham. As you surrender unto me, as you approach me, I reward you and reciprocate with you according, accordingly in that proportion. So in our lives, hmm, if you want to have access to Krishna's full blessings and full favor, then we also have to be fully surrendered unto him. Or in other words, if we are not fully surrendered unto him, he reciprocates with us in that particular proportion. Yeah? Okay, well, I have spoken for my 15 minutes. Uh, so maybe I'll summarize and then, you know, open for questions. So today we, for those who joined late, Today we saw a very long purport from Śrīla Prabhupāda explaining the point about whether the Lord is partial or impartial. The entire Śrīmad Bhagavatam Kento 9, as I said, discusses these points. This is just the introduction. You know, if you listen to the daily Bhagavatam classes, this will evolve you know, more and more to strengthen our philosophical understanding. So we saw from one angle, you know, Prabhupāda's long purport to explain that the Lord is available to everybody in various forms, such as in the form of his instructions in the Bhagavad Gita, in the form of him being in our heart as the Paramatma, he is available and accessible to everybody. So it is not the Lord's fault that he is not available to us, but it is our fault that we are not tapping into that availability of the Lord. And some people do tap into that, and those who do become better in their devotional and in all aspects of their life, and they are happier. But seeing people advance, sometimes we can become very jealous and envious. Now there is not again, we can see that the Lord is favoring him more and not favoring me that much. But that is not the Lord's fault. It is our fault because we are not tapping into the instructions. So on and so forth, so on Prabhupada explained. Prabhupada concluded by saying that the Lord is available to everybody. He is neutral and he is impartial and he is although favorably inclined towards his devotees. Sukhdeva Goswami, uh, in the nine verses of this chapter for this canto for now, has made the similar point and answered more from the angle of Rajoguna, Tamoguna and Satoguna to say when we are covered by the three gunas, we are not able to see our brilliance nor the brilliance of the Lord. Hmm? And if we want to you know, again gain access to all that, we have to raise ourselves above the three modes of material nature. Because the Lord is Nirguna, but we are covered by the three modes. So if you want full spiritual brilliance and spark to be, uh, to be exhibited, then we have to be situating ourselves in the pure mode of goodness. So what does that all mean for us? I said I'll, maybe I'll talk for another two minutes on Narasimha Dev pastime and then we'll stop there. 
that might give you time to think of some questions, you know. So as I said, Kento 9, uh, Kento 7 has got that Narasimha Dev pastime quoted to explain this point again, you know. So Narasimha Dev, that was, this is the third angle by the way, yeah. We saw Prabhupada's purports, we saw Sukhdeva Goswami's verses, and now we see Narasimha Dev pastime. So the Narasimha Dev pastime is quoted to answer the question whether the Lord is partial or impartial. Hmm? So, Narasimha Dev is a very uh, incomprehensible character. Hmm? Because generally we see that nobody wants to die to start with, yeah? And also we see that a lot of civilized people will also not want others to die. Like we won't go you know, killing people whimsically. I mean, some idiots do. But a lot of civilized people are not murderous because life is valuable, correct? For us, our life as well as others' life, it is all very precious. So we make all the attempts to save our life and others' life, to the extent that a lot of people will actually give up their own lives to save others' life. So if that is generally the, the let's say, the norm, then Hirinakashapu is incomprehensible because he is one rascal who wants to kill another person and that person is not just another person but his huh? His own son, no? People don't want, as I said, you know, if the general norm is that people don't want to die, not that they want others to be killed, they don't want to be murderers, but Hirinakashapu is such an incomprehensible personality that he's ready to kill anybody, including his own son. Now, this sounds very extremely opposite to the norman culture, correct? To the normal situation. Now, equally, Prahlad Maharaj's pastimes are also very incomprehensible. Why? Prahlad Maharaj is in a very uh, extreme situation when doing his devotional service bhakti seems against all words. Now in our life, when we have to do bhakti, you now the environment, is, at least our temple environment and devotee congregation is so conducive. You know? There are devotees who inspire us and propel us and motivate us to do bhakti. So we advance more and more. But Prahlad Maharaj is in a situation when the whole atmosphere is completely notorious. His own father is against the worship of Lord Vishnu and he is being tortured and harmed and killed for him to not to do bhakti. But he is doing it. So two incomprehensible characters in this particular episode. Prahlad Maharaj, determination to do bhakti. Hirinakashapu's determination to finish your Prahlad Maharaj. So then the question arises is that why uh, Hirinakashapu is so, uh, so much of a criminal? No? Why is he so notorious? Then uh, this section of Bhagavatam explains us, you know, that there are three wills. Firstly, there is Lord's will. Secondly, there is our free will. And thirdly, there is evil, E-V-I-L. So please, if you can remember this, there is Lord's will, then there is free will, and there is evil. What is the difference between these three and the similarities? No? So free will, which we all have, to a certain extent, you know, it is not unlimited free will, but Krishna gives us a restricted free will. So when our free will, is in congruence with the Lord's will, that is called bhakti. 
So when we do as Krishna wants us to do, that is called bhakti. That is following the instructions of the Lord, which is what Bhagavad Gita and Bhagavatam teaches us. Yeah? So to follow the instructions of the Lord in all time, place and circumstance. So when the free will is aligned with the Lord's will, that is bhakti. When the free will is misused and not aligned with the Lord's will, that becomes evil. So when the free will is not doing things that the Lord wants us to do, that becomes evil. This differentiates between a devotee and a demon. So then the question becomes, given that we have the free will, how does it become aligned with the Lord's will and how does it not become aligned with the Lord's will? And Prabhupada explains that it is due that the, that the free will is actually you know, a state of mind. You know? It is, just depends on how we train our mind to do what we want it to do. And, and then you know, an example is given of the, uh, of the snow. You know? The snow on the mountain, is initially it's just a snowflake. But when it collides with another snowflake, it becomes a little bigger. And as it rolls down the mountain, the snowflake continues to gain more momentum and becomes bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and, bigger. and then it becomes too big uh, what do we call it a avalanche something yeah? when it becomes too big and runs down the mountain like an avalanche it can destroy anything that comes in its path including his own son <laughs> that Hiranyakashapu can not destroy his own son because that snow of free will which was minute has now gained so much of momentum that it is ready to destroy anything so equally in our lives, you know, as devotees, we also have that free will, which is also like a snowflake. Hmm? So that snowflake, if you give it a devotional direction, it will grow bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger to the point that it can become Prahlad Maharaj. And nothing can stop him from saving his sweet Lord. Or equally and opposite, it can become Hiranyakashapu and it becomes so much of momentum that it is ready to destroy anything. Hmm? So we should be very, very careful with our free will so then why so then just another few minutes why is hirina kashapu so hell-bent on taking up prahlada's life it is because he is power hungry hirina kashapu wants to be the lord of the universe so he is extremely hungry for that power that he wants to gain in any way and so we see two people who are completely addicted now <coughs> excuse me <coughs> One is Hiranyakashapu who is addicted to power and we have Prahlad Maharaj who is addicted to Vishnu. <laughs> so which addiction wins? Both are very powerful, both are addicted, both have directed their free will in different directions. Such a, it would be such a good Bollywood movie, yeah? you know, when you create a movie like this, you know, the, how they create tension to reach to a climax and a conclusion. And Bhagavatam is the best movie, you know. One day, you know, we will have so many movies on Bhagavatam, different, different episodes to bring in different, different pastimes, you know. It, the day will come very soon because India is gaining momentum. So, in Bhakti. So, we see two free wills, misdirected and directed properly. Both are very powerful. Both are very addicted. One is addicted to Bhakti. The other is addicted to material power. So, then what happens? Because... Lord is equally disposable to both, as we saw. He's impartial. Now, whom does he favor? Hiranyakashapu or Prahlad Maharaj? The Lord is impartial, but the Lord is favorably inclined towards his devotee. So, because 
when Prahlad Maharaj is asked this question, where, what is the source of your power? Where do you get so much of power from? Prahlad Maharaj says that I get it from Vishnu. And this infuriates Hiranyakashipu even more, to the point that he now says, just finish this boy off. And when that happens, of course, we know the pastime, so I'll run quick into it, that, Hiranak, that Lord Narasimha Dev comes hmm, and protects Prahlad Maharaj and kills Hiranyakashipu. But the interesting thing, and I'll conclude with this, the interesting thing is, how does, we know this, we used to have that picture, right? Did we remove it? The Hiranyakashipu, no? Prahlad Maharaj, no. We, I thought we had that uh, portrait in our temple one time. Anyway, we, we can picturize that uh, situation, right? When Narasimha Dev is there, and on, on one lap is Prahlad, right or left, I don't know, but on one lap is Prahlad Maharaj sitting, and on the other one is Hiranyakashipu, no? It was an open heart surgery, you know, <laughs> in front of everybody. It just literally tears Hiranyakashipu's heart, Narasimhadev, right? So both are there at the time of annihilation of Hiranyakashipu. Both are there. Both have the accessibility to the Lord. But one is in fear, the other one is in joy. Prahlad Maharaj is, of course, joyful, but Hiranyakashipu is in fear. So then the Acharyas explain us that the fact that the Lord protected Prahlad Maharaj and destroyed Hiranyakashipu, the Lord is still impartial. How? Because when you look at the destination of both, it is still benevolent. Prahlad Maharaj, of course, is a pure devotee of the Lord, so he goes to Lord's abode. Whereas Hiranyakashipu, who is a complete demon, also, re also receives liberation and of course, as we said, you know, Hiranyakashipu is Jain Vijay. So he also receives liberation. So whatever, so the point is, whatever Krishna does in our life, it is always beneficial to us. Even whether it is a blessing and a favor, or even if it's a smack on our face, you know, even if it's a punishment to us by Krishna, that punishment is still beneficial to us. You know? So that's the lesson for devotees. So whatever happens in our life or in the life of our beloved ones, you know, that if Krishna is operating in their life, if he has taken charge of the devotee's life, everything that happens to the devotee will be good. And I think pretty much all of us would have had that experience. You know, we know that something difficult is going on in our life at the moment, but after some time we realize that, ah, now I can see how Krishna's hand was involved in this. Because what has happened now, I can see what was the situation. No, and I've got many examples in my own personal life. When things seem very difficult, all of a sudden, you know, it just starts making sense. But one point is for sure, that time to time we may slip, time to time we may be demotivated, time to time we may be actually going in the wrong direction as well. But because we are approaching the Lord, He will take charge of us sitting as the Paramatma in the heart and recalibrate our life, you know, so that we can go back on the right track. You know, when we are driving, GPS does this to us every time, yeah? When we have taken the wrong exit, the GPS automatically reconfigures itself and tells us, you know, to you know, recalculate, recalibrate and tells us to come back to the right path, you know? So our GPS is the Guru Parampara system. So when we are surrendered to the Lord, the Guru Parampara system hmm, will recalibrate our life time to time when we take the wrong exits on the freeway of our devotional service. Okay, so I will stop here and see if there are any comments, corrections or questions. I think there's microphone somewhere. Hare Krishna Prabhu, thanks for wonderful discourse. A quick question regarding, um, in Bhagavad Gita, Krishna mentions that the devotee 
devotees who once know me they never come back to material world so are these also a position like prahlad maharaj uh, bhishma dev are they also a position which uh, like indra who's currently purandar so in next whenever next man mantra happens when all is annihilated and gain come back so these devotees also replace hmm. the position as well okay yeah good question uh, so the question was you know that we krishna says in the bhagavad gita the devotees do not want back to want to come back to the material world but we see time to time that all these pure devotees of the lord they do come back hmm? so prabhupada explains this to us very nicely you know that uh, for pure devotee although we say which is technically correct as well that you no know, we should go back to godhead Prabhupada writes that many times in his books to go back to write that the ultimate understanding is for a fever devotee he does not care whether he is in the spiritual world or in the material world all he cares for is where there is krishna so a fever devotee sees krishna's existence everywhere including in the material world so he is happy to be in the material world saving the lord as much as he is happy to be going back to godhead and saving the lord there so devotee is ready to go to spiritual world vaikuntha he is ready to go to heaven as much as he is also ready to go to hell as long as he is got the opportunity to, to save the lord hmm? so then in terms of coming back to the material world there are two reasons jeevas come to the material world the the living entities come to the material world for two different reasons one reason is that they come here for rehabilitation that is me fallen jiva who has come here to rectify my incorrect decision to go against krishna you know and once i am completely rehabilitated krishna will take me back to his seva wherever that might be so my falling down is because of my misuse of the free will you know so i missed you misused it the other devotees come to the spiritual world to participate in krishna's leela and they come because it is the lord's desire for them to come not because they are fallen and have misused their free will but they come because the lord wants them to come and as i said the devotee is ready to go anywhere for the pleasure of the lord so those devotees accompany the lord to the material world to do the the pastimes the leelas and why are the pastimes done the leelas are done because the lord wants to attract us devotees or the the fallen jeevas like me to be attracted to his sweet pastimes and once we get attracted then the bhakti you know that's bhakti and we start our march towards the spiritual world as well prabhupada gives the example in this case of the prison people entering the prison house are of two different types one of them is of course the prisoners who is the other one huh all the yeah the jailer you know the, the staff the government sometimes even the president of the country enters the prison house but the president of the country enters the prison house not because he is a prisoner sometimes he can be <laughs> but not because he is a prisoner but because he is there on a particular mission you know to check the status of the prison or to give amnesty to people whatever the case might be so one is entering by his free will or by will of the higher authority and one is forced and dragged into the prison house yeah so devotees are like the ones who accompanying the lord or even come down by their free will to enjoy and partake in the pastimes of the lord yeah does that answer your question okay 9 o'clock is my drop dead time i know that so i can take one more if you have one yeah at the back just the microphone please if you don't mind hari krishna prabhu uh, prabhu my question is how to be more perceptive towards getting the instructions from the lord 
how to be more perceptive towards getting the instruction to the Lord? That's a good question, you know, because that's, that's where we are. That's where, uh, you know, we start our journey from. So one is to say faith, you know, start with faith. That's the beginning of devotional service. Faith does not mean blind faith. Faith has to be intelligent faith. So for example, you know, if I'm crossing on the lights and there's a red light, a lot of times we assume and have faith that the other driver will stop. Correct? No, we never go, when, when we are crossing the lights in Melbourne City and, and when it's the pedestrian crossing, green man on, on the zebra crossing, we don't go and ask all the drivers, hey, will you stop so that I can cross? <laughs> we just put faith in them, you know, that there are systems and checks in place for their driver to stop. Hmm? So that is called intelligent faith, not a blind faith. So similarly, uh, scriptures require us to have that faith, you know, that there is the Lord and we are his servants and our constitutional position is to be connected to him in love. So when we have that faith, and then Krishna will take charge of us. Hmm? As we have already seen in the purport, Prabhupada explained that Krishna can take charge of us in the form of Bhagavad Gita, Bhagavatam, himself personally, spiritual master, other devotees. So many arrangements Krishna can make in our life to start advancing. But it starts with faith. Because there are nine stages of uh, devotional service. Navada Bhakti, Shraddha, Sadhu Sangha, Bhajan Kriya, Anartha Nivriti, Nistha, Ruchi, Ashakti, Bhava and Prema. So with faith, we advance into the next stage. And when that Nistha comes, you know, which is nothing but firm faith, conviction, we say. Yeah? What is the difference between faith and conviction? You are a school student, yeah? Take it. Yeah, what's your name? Yeah, sorry to put you on the spotlight. But what do you think is the difference between faith and conviction? Yeah, hmm? see, there's a science student here, you know, confirming the same, scientific student. So, faith is that intelligent faith that we put into the systems, into the scriptures, into the devotees, into the, the philosophy, and when we go through our own experience, because bhakti is experiential, you can experience it. How do you know that the melody is sweet? Because melody ka kuch janja, no? we say in Hindi, you know, you eat the melody and you know it is sweet. So by bhakti is the process when we experience it, it is prateksha avagama, you know, we experience it. And when we experience, then we advance more. And when it comes to nishtha stage, which is firm faith, which is conviction, then no external features can influence you to give up bhakti. Because you've got the own experience. Once you know that that cake is tasty, then you want more and more. Nobody else can tell you that that cake is not tasty, because you yourself know that the cake is tasty. I'm saying cake because today is Christmas. A lot of people make cake on Christmas, including the temple. Yeah? So then after Nishtha, then of course there is more advanced stage. We go and up and up to the point of Prema Bhakti, which is the brilliance we were talking about, the brilliance of the sun. No? Then everything emanates and life becomes very joyful. Not only on Christmas day, but every day life becomes joyful. Troubles will be there, problems will be there, but life becomes joyful. Okay? I'm going to stop here because it's 9 o'clock. Uh, thank you for your participation. Thank you for your attentiveness. I hope, you know, this has made some sense. Uh, and, uh, yeah, wish you a happy festive season. Hare Krishna.
Jerusalem. Three are three.